Welcome back, it's me, the Susan Anime, and you are listening to Slop Under the Sea with me. And we will be talking about movies, TV shows, books, fun holidays, everything from other countries to does this still hold up to this day? From, like, rub brats to, like, as told by Ginger, to Movie Monday, to True Creepy Things Tuesday, to whatever I feel like talking about, because this is my podcast, and I hope you all will stay and listen to me and have some good old-fashioned podcast fun, and we'll try to stay as calm as we can, but let's get into it, and let's all have some fun listening, and you can also see me sometimes on YouTube doing my podcast as well. Okay, here we go. I just wanted to get a disclaimer that this episode may contain conspiracy theories about TV shows. Spoilers could be mature. Please do not listen if you do not want to have any spoilers. I am reviewing different shows, movies, TV shows, so if you do not want to hear any spoilers, please exit now. And I hope you all enjoy this podcast. I'm ready and excited to get going. just want to say that true crime cases are something that I've been reading about and I want to say that I don't mean any harm or disrespect or anything and sometimes the cases can be really really scary but I try to do true crime and creepy things Tuesday so this recording might be up twice and I just want to say I don't mean any harm, disrespect, or any hurtfulness. I'm just giving you the facts of the cases and letting everyone know 
that this is what I found. This is a case people have been talking about. This is a case that people are thinking about. I have looked into a lot of cases and I don't want to just, I don't want anyone to feel disrespected. If I say their name wrong, you can try to correct me. I might try to be able to pronounce it right. I might not be able to due to my learning problem. But I just want to say that I don't mean any disrespect to anyone ever and I hope that you all understand that I'm just giving you the facts. And sometimes I may or may not give you my opinion. Or I could just tell you like, hey, this is my opinion based on what they are saying. Like not even a, I know this personally, but like more of a like a, this is what people are leaning towards and do I agree or disagree, but a lot of the time I don't really know. So I'm going to say like, this could be my opinion, but I really don't know them personally or know the case personally. So it really is like, a, this is what has been said. So this is what the opinion of other people have been. And I hope y'all understand that I don't mean any disrespect, harm, and I do not suggest you do any of this stuff that people have done. And I hope that this stuff doesn't continue to happen. And I hope y'all enjoy the cases and I hope y'all learn from them, more importantly. And I hope you all understand better that, hey, this is what happens. Let's be careful. Let's learn from this. Let's learn from this. Let's try to get a new law in. Let's try to do this. Let's try to keep it from happening again. Okay. Okay. Today, the content could be a little more chore for audiences. So please, as someone before listening to this video, it's mature and may be uncomfortable for some viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. Be cautious. This is more for adults or for those who get permission. Okay, for the true crime, true crime case we're going to talk about today, it is, well, all these cases make me sad and want to cry, but that's beside the point. <sighs> Murder of Judy, Jody, Jody, Patrick, or Patrick Brick, Judy, Judy, Christian Patrick, September 2nd, 1996. November 8, 2007, was an 11-year-old girl from Constant, Michigan, who was kidnapped while riding her bike on a local street, then assaulted and murdered. Her case drew considerable media attention, not only due to the horrendous nature of the crime, but also due to initial disinfection of the predator resulting in an overturned conviction and debates about official procedures surrounding integration and information shared with suspects. Judah, 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 no, Judah? Okay, I will be right back. I'm gonna go look it up. Okie dokie, artichokey, it's time for an ad break class sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast today. And the sponsor and ad will be right back.
I hope y'all enjoy this podcast. Please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon. And with the ad coming up soon, I know y'all might want to skip it, but you should at least try to listen to some of it. Maybe it's important. I hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast. And I hope the ad and sponsor is a good one, Artichokey. Okay, dokie, artichokey. Ah, break it's now. Okay, I figured out her name is Jody Parrick by listening to people say it. Okay. Um, who was kidnapped while riding her bike? Jody Parrick, a fifth grade student at the Riverside Elementary School, disappeared on November 8, 2007, while riding her bike. She was subsequently found near a headstone at the Constant Township Cemetery. She had died of approximation and there was evidence of assault. Suspicion initially fell upon Raymond McKinnick, a reserve police officer, after McKinnick had suggested searching the local cemetery. McKinnick insisted that his suggestion was based on his experience with criminal investigation, acknowledging the town of geographically and installation, but some questions if his suggestion itself indicates involvement. McKinnick later stated that his intergression were intention and that authorities had claimed that DNA evidence had linked him to the crime scene. A project with the United States Supreme Court had allowed in its ruling in Freezer v. Cup. McKinnick continued to deny any connection to Patrick's, Judy Patrick's abduction and no consent evidence had linked him to the crime. However, in 25, investigators changed, charged him with five counts of perjury after claims that he had lied about his path during the search for Judith, Ju- Jody, Jody, Patrick, and that a surveillance camera near surveillance 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 a camera near a creamery did not show him walking where he had claimed to be. It was later disputed if the camera had the correct angle to note his position. Mechanic pleaded no contest to one of the perjury counts and was sentenced to term of 2020 months to 2020 years in prison. Authorities focus changed when in 2017 Nearly eight years after the murder, another girl from White Pigeon, Michigan, was attacked in an attempt abduction by Danielle K. Farlong, 65, who had attempted to take her into his garage. Farlong was local youth sports coach, and he was taken into custody upon discovery of a kidnap list in his home with individuals that Furlong had been targeting several girls in the region. The list not only 
the list not only abuse suspicion that Furling might have been behind the abduction of JP Judy Jody jo I forgot her name already Judy Jody I'm not sure Jody Patrick but also raised question about a possible connection to the disappearance of another local little girl Brittany Beers who had disappeared In 1997, DNA samples from the crime scene where Judy Patrick had been found were then matched to samples from Furlong. He confessed that he had snatched the little girl from her bicycle while riding beside her, his home, after which he dragged her into the garage where she was tortured and uh, assaulted in his boat. He bound her with zip ties and then smothered her with a plastic bag before taking her body to the cemetery. Furlong was given a sentence of 30 to 60 years in prison with a sense of the proprietor's pri mechanic continued to press his case to have his own charges dismissed and was subsequently fully exonerated to the crime. The case has continued to receive discussion due to its circumstances and the tangled investigation with initial apprehensions and intents of a suspect who turned out to be the actual culprit and debates about poor police procedures. These issues and the, the, and the case eventually revolution was discussed in a number of articles and depicted in the episode Small Town Curl and the True Crime Scene, Scene of the Crime with Tom Harris. Jody Patrick murdered Salt eight years after suspicion caused, cast on ex-cop. Ray McCannon has filed a lawsuit two years after his wrongful conviction for perjury was thrown out. McCannon said his constant Institutional rights were violated by various police officers in St. Joseph County. He filed a lawsuit last week in federal court. The lawsuit alleges that McCannon was the victim of corrupt scheme by police. McCannon claimed the case was reopened after investigation by law schools at the University of Michigan and Northwest University, the state of Michigan agreed to pay 4000 for McCannon's time in prison under a law that compensates the wrongly convicted. Update December 7th, 2017, more than a decade after Jody Patrick was murdered in her hometown, Ray McCannon has finally cleaned, cleared his name. Wood TV reports for Michigan State, Michigan St. Joseph County cited Judge Paul Stabnis on Thursday set aside his conviction of perjury. McKenna already had served 20 months behind bars after pleading no contest to that charge. One of the most twisted killers you've probably heard of, a number of kill police say keep a killer kill list. A 
potentially young victims at his home. It all started with the disappearance of 11-year-old Jody Patrick. Crime Watch Daily has new details of the horrifying case of 11-year-old Jody Patrick. One moment little Jody Patrick was playing a friend's house on November 8, 2007. The next she was gone. Jody Patrick's own mother finds her 11-year-old daughter lying murdered at the foot of a headstone in the dark, lonely cemetery in 2007. And cops desperately try to catch the unspeakable monster who assaulted her until he smothered Jody to death before he could strike again. Jody's mother, Joe, returned to the cemetery with Crime Watch Daily Andrews and painfully relives that terrible moment she found Jody dead. Investigators learned Jody had been assaulted, bound, and tortured before slowly smothered with a plastic bag tied around her head. To me, this is even more scary because I was probably a little older than her, not by much. Because I grew up in the 2000s, and I was born in 94, and this is really scary to think that it could have been you, it could have been a friend, like, this is just so scary. And like, riding a bike, walking around alone is something you did. Missing 11-year-old Jody Petrick, eventually found in a dead in a cemetery. A police bring in one of their own for questioning, an officer who seemed to predict where her body would be discovered. Was it just a strange coincidence, or did he know where she was the whole time? Okay, here's my thing. Did you have a lady look everywhere else and that was why he suggested it? I, I don't know. Does the parents think he did it? I'm not really sure. I mean, the other guy confessed and he already tried to do it to other people and then he had a list. I feel like it's the other guy, but I could be wrong. But my question is, did you look in the whole town? And that was the only place not looked at because eventually when you look everywhere in a town, think this is a small town I could be wrong then you think of the last place like we have checked everywhere else where haven't we checked sometimes you don't even want to speak and feel like we haven't checked here because then like if you're right people suspect you but it's like it's a process of elimination sometimes that does happen where you're like okay well we checked all the places we could think of all the places she would go excuse me and now let's just go to the places we haven't gone or to the one place we haven't gone okie dokie artichokey it's time for an ad break slash sponsor so i hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor i hope y'all enjoy this podcast today and the sponsor and ad will be right back I hope y'all enjoy this podcast. Please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon. And with the ad coming up soon, I know y'all might want to skip it, but you should at least try to listen to some of it. Maybe it's important. I hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast. And I hope the ad and sponsor is a good one, Artichokey. Okie dokie, Artichokey.
fabric is now. But this is so tough because I know if I was a parent who this child, if my child was like this, I would be freaking out and I wouldn't be thinking straight. But I'd also be like, okay, it does make you suspicious, but at the same time, it's like, is it a process of elimination? Is that what he did? Because he was never, I think they never convicted him for killing her. They said he lied to the police. But I'm not 100% sure what that means. I just know a process of elimination is a real thing. And I know because like I've done that where I'm like, okay, I've looked here, where did I put it? Trace your steps back, think what you haven't done. But let's get back to the article. Revere's police officer, Raymond McKinnon, reportedly urged others out looking for Jody Patrick to check the local cemetery. Could um, McCannon police brought McCannon in for questioning? M Michigan police. Officer McKinnon denies he already knew Jody's body was in the cemetery when he was encouraging other searches to look there, but investigators are convinced Officer McKinnon had something to do with Jody's death. Then another little girl is brutally attacked in a neighboring town, but she survived to help cops finally cage the monster who murdered Jody Petrick. Who killed Jody Petrick? The 11-year-old was attacked and murdered while riding a bike home from a friend's house. See, the one thing that having siblings may, or a really good friend who will walk with you, or a parent, or an adult, I've had a situation where I was walking out just to take a walk in my old neighborhood. Not the safest neighborhood, I'll tell you that. And I stopped to see these kids that were outside because I said hello and they were talking to me about fun things. Like what they thought the future would hold, what they would like to see and different things. And the one was like, we're going to walk or ride our bikes to our friend's house. And the parents were both busy. I'm like, I'll go with you. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yes, it's getting dark. They'll be back by themselves. They're kids. No, like, I'll go with them. I'm right here. I was going for a walk anyway. Because I like to walk late at night, just up and down the street to give me some exercise. This is like, I still had CRPS, but I was walking up and down at night because there was hardly anything to do because the house was small and I didn't have my own space. I had like a very small room. So like if you see kids by themselves and you know them, offer. Ask the parents if it's okay if you walk with them. If you're like already taking a walk. If you have a sibling or a good friend and parents Try to keep a lookout. Like when my daughter went in the backyard the other day, I freaked out. I'm like, where is she? And they're like, everyone's like, calm down. We can see her. And I'm like, okay. So it's definitely something that is scary. From the moment little Jody McCannon, Jody, no, Ray McCannon, uh, Jody Patrick, Jody, but Missy Police zeroed in on a prime suspect, a former reserve police officer named Ray McKinnon. After Jody's mom, Joe begins 
begs them to keep the case open. The state police cold case detective shake the tree one last time, and in a surprising move, the very related change Ray McCannon with five counts of perjury for lying to investigators. Several people, including Joe, had said McCannon made up stories about the night of Jody Patrick's murder. McCannon eventually accepts a deal pleading no contest to one of the five perjury counts. On alleged, he lied about another conversation on the night of the search for Jody uh, Jody Patrick. McKenna was sentenced to 20 months to 20 years in prison, and cops believe they at least have Jody Patrick's killer safely behind bars as they buy time to gather enough evidence to charge him with murder. But something happens that stops investigators dead in their tracks while McKenna is still locked up. Another little girl is attacked in a neighboring town. Ten-year-old Mackenzie. By the way, Mackenzie, thank you for being strong enough, brave enough to tell us what he tried to do. Not every kid would have opened their mouth. I didn't open my mouth, and I should have. I have PTSD because I didn't open my mouth when I should have, and you did. You were strong. Stanford is riding her bike like just like jo- Jody Patrick when she's approached by an elderly neighbor. Then he attacks her. As he drags her and tries to close the garage door, he grabs a knife and slashes at Mackenzie. But the brave little girl mercilessly escapes only a mere knife wound to her torso and some bruises and absence on her arm and shoulders. And Mackenzie Stanford let police Investigators Jody Patrick's murder right to the door of 65-year-old Daniel. Then lab tests came back. Furlong's DNA is a match with the DNA found on Jody's body. Thank you, Mackenzie, for helping not only her, but yourself and other people from not getting hurt. You are a strong little girl. And if you're a woman now, because I think you probably are, or you're... I'm not sure how old you are. You are amazing. Mackenzie Stanford survived her violent run-in with Danielle, Dan, Daniel Furlong. Sadly, Jody Patrick did not, and after years of living under the radar, Furlong is about to reveal never-before-new details about the murder. Police say the man who committed this crime left a list of young girls in his neighborhood, and if things had gone as planned, he likely would have killed again. After being arrested, Danielle, Daniel Furlong, 65-year-old grandfather, admitted to police he planned to kill Mackenzie, too. Police believe Furlong had targeted other victims after finding a list of young neighborhood girls, including Mackenzie, written on a wall in his garage. Furlong finally admits there were all girls who knew his grandson. Detectives wanted to know if he's killed other children including six-year-old Brittany Beers, another local girl who went missing ten years before Jody Patrick's murder. Furlong, again, swears Jody was his sole victim, but Furlong did tell in sketching detail how he murdered Jody after lying in wait for her. Furlong says 
that like Mackenzie Stanford, Jody Petri came riding by his home on her bike. Then Furlong says he grabbed Jody, threw her on some steps in the rear of his house, and bound her hands back behind her with zip ties. Furlong tells detectives Jody began pleading with him. He says he put her in a boat. He kept her in the garage, clean, in with her, and I'm not saying that. He assaulted her. And that's as much as I'm going to give you because there's a lot to this case. Like, I, no, this is a lot. I hope the family finally found peace. I hope Mackenzie's doing great. I'm not, I'm impressed by that little girl. She did something not a lot of people her age could do. Tell the truth after something that terrifying happened and help solve another case. So thank you, and I'm so sorry to the family. And to talk about these case, I don't mean any harm. I just want to talk about cases. And this one is solved. I don't really talk a lot about solved cases on my channel so far. I do I like a lot of unsolved mysteries, but for once we did a case where she got justice. Might have been years later, but she at least got something. And between her and Mackenzie, Mackenzie stopped more people from getting hurt. And to the guy Ray, I am not sure what to think about him. It is so hard to think. People think he could have helped the guy. People could have thought he just did process of elimination. He is a very tricky person to say yes or no to. I feel like he wasn't even charged with her murder. He was charged with lying to the police and who knows what that's about. But at least they got the right guy and put the right person in jail. Okay, goodbye. Hope y'all learned something and let's try to make good decisions. Okie dokie, artichokey. It's time for an ad break slash sponsor. So I hope y'all listen and keep on tuning in because we will continue this conversation after our ad slash sponsor. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast today. And the sponsor and ad will be right back. I hope y'all enjoy this podcast. Please stay tuned because the ad is coming up soon. And with the ad coming up soon, I know y'all might want to skip, but you should at least try to listen to some of it. Maybe it's important. I hope y'all tune back in for more of this podcast. And I hope the ad and sponsor is a good one, Artichokey. Okie dokie, Artichokey. Ad break is now. I hope you all like you can check me out on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I also have another podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Bye for now. Over and 